And welcome to Technology Tab. This is Professor J-Rod. On today's episode, we're going to talk about CPUs. What kind of CPUs are going to be on the exam? We're going to talk a little bit about the three-part process of a CPU. And of course, we're going to talk a little bit about CPU cooling. Let's get to it. All right, welcome. I haven't heard of you guys. You guys haven't heard me for a while. We had a little bit of an issue with our RSS feed, uh, but we're back. And this week, we're going to talk about the CPU, which is the central processing unit. And a CPU handles the basic instructions and allocates the more complicated tasks to other specific chips to get them to do what they do best. Motherboards do not commonly include a CPU, but instead a CPU socket, which can support specific series of CPU, right? So there's two main companies that make motherboards that is on the CompTIA A plus exam, and that's AMD and Intel. Now, AMD uses a PGA socket, which is pin grid array socket. Pins are located on the CPU, and the motherboard has holes that you sit the pins on. Those are used by AMD. Intel uses the LG8 socket, or LAN grid array socket, where the pins are located on the motherboard, and the CPU has conductors, which makes contact with the pins. These are used by Intel. Now there's another thing that you should know for the exam when you're talking about CPUs and their sockets. It has a lever that is used to tighten the CPUs once you put them in the socket. Those are called ZIF, Z-I-F, and it stands for zero insertion force. That means you don't have to force it. Just lift the little lever, put the CPU in it, and it pull the lever down, and it locks it in place. It locks it in place. Also for the exam, you have to know, uh, you know, be able to identify the socket with its manufacturer. Either it's AMD or Intel, but I have the easy solution for that. It the quickest way to know whatever the manufacturer is AMD or Intel is like this. If the socket number has 775 or four-digit number, it's Intel. If not, it's AMD. That's the easiest way to memorize it, right? So it's a three-digit number, 775, right? It's either 775 or a four-digit number. It's an Intel CPU. If it's not, it's AMD. That's the best way I can help you. Also for the exam... Uh, there are various things to consider when selecting a CPU for a system. Buying the highest performance parts won't be cost effective, but underspending can lead to lost per- productivity. So basically what they want you to do is, you know, if you are a gamer, what kind of, you should know what kind of CPU you're going to buy. If you're somebody who's just going to use it, like maybe on a budget, you know, then then you should know what type uh, that you're going to buy. You're not going to spend 
a lot of money. You're not going to buy a core not i9 if you're just a budget person, right? Also, like, you're not going to buy a Celeron if you're a gamer. Uh, they talk about the different CPU terminology in the exams. One of that is clock speed, and clock speed is an indicator of its performance and how rapidly a CPU can process. A higher frequency suggests better performance in most tasks. A higher clock speed is better if all factors are are equal. Hyperthreading is an Intel technology which allows a CPU to process multiple instructions instantaneously. It's known as simultaneously multi-threading by other manufacturers. Multi-core refers to an architect in which a single physical processor incorporates the core logic of more than one, and you've heard of these dual core, quad core, hexacore, and octacore processors. You also have clock multipliers are used to change the ratio of the base clock and the external clock, often modified to overclock a CPU. That's what gamers do. Virtual support allows for a system to host virtual machines. Not all CPUs support this feature, and it can be managed. You might need to go to your BIOS UEFI to turn it on. Some of them don't come on by default. Integrated memory controller are now part of most modern CPUs, which allows for faster performance. Integrated graphics processing units are another common feature of most modern CPUs, which allows even the most basic system to produce decent graphics. You also have throttling, which is a CPU is done to reduce power consumptions and also so that the CPU generates less heat. Modern CPU will reduce their clock speed if they become too hot. Intel calls the throttling technology speed step. AMD calls the throttling technology cool and quiet. Overclocking a CPU will increase the CPU frequency by increasing the multiplier to get better performance. This is, again, what gamers do. Supplying a better cooling solution is a must when overclocking. Liquid cooling is recommended. Usually, this is done by gamers. Then they talk about 32 and 64-bit CPUs. 32 and 64 refer to a way the CPU handles information. The 64 architecture handles large amounts of RAM more effectively than a 32-bit. So, for example, a 32-bit system will be able to handle only 4 gigs of RAM, where 64 can handle up to 16 terabit. Uh, now we talk about CPU. Let's talk about CPU cooling and the three-step process or the three-layer approach to cooling. The first layer is once you have the CPU in place, to put thermal compound on it. And thermal compound is used to fill in the microscopic imperfections in the metal on top of the CPU. This will help to better conduct the heat away from the CPU and into the heat sink. Now, the way I tell people about thermal paste or thermal compound is you only need to put a little bit. It's not like a sandwich where you're putting mayonnaise on it, right? Or butter on it. You don't spread it like that. Just put a little bit on top. Because remember, once you put the heat sink on top of it, it's kind of going to spread a little bit. The, after that, you put the heat sink. Heat sink are the most common way to cool a chip. Before you install a heat sink, you must, again, apply thermal compound. 
between the CPU and the heatsink. Next, we uh, after you install the heatsink, you want to install a fan either on top or on the side. And most CPU uses this three-layer approach. Number one is thermal compound or paste. Number two is the heatsink. And number three is a fan. Now, if you want to do something a little bit more fancier, you can do a liquid cooling. This is the most effective way to cool a CPU, but it can be very dangerous because it requires you pumping uh, some liquid, either water or refrigerant, into your computer. This is only recommended for gamers, and you better be sure you have warranty, right? Because if it leaks, it's a wrap. It's going to leak all over inside your computer, and that's, you know, that's going to be it. What kind of issues can you have with a CPU? Well, you can have some installation issues, right? The fan doesn't spin. Verify the fan and the power connections. Most CPU will not boot if a CPU fan is not connected. No activity. If you're pressing the power button, does not produce any sounds, lights, or the fan spins, then verify that the CPU is seated properly. Take it out, put it back in, make sure you put thermal compound again, and you, you know, you put the heat sink and then the fan. You might have heat issues, all right? A loud alarm as soon as you turn it on, CPUs or, or while you're in the middle of using it, CPUs overheating, so the system would not power on for protection. Or you might get spontaneous shutdown. CPUs have protection against overheating, which causes them to shut down when the temperature gets too high. Possible solutions, manage cable so that airflow uh, through the case uninterrupted. And if it's an older system, try reapplying thermal paste or replacing the CPU cooler. It's actually not a good idea to leave the cover open on the computer. If you're if you feel like your CPU is, is going too hot, it's not a good idea. It's actually not a good idea to leave it open. Unless you're gonna put like a have a fan blowing directly into it. Just because it's it's hot, you want to open, it's actually not a good idea to do that. So that's uh, another thing that I've seen over the years that people try to do, uh, please don't do that. Uh, all right, that'll do it for today's show. That was a quick show, just trying to get my sea legs back, right? Once we uh, start doing this with more frequently, now that we got the RSS feed back on track. All right, all right. I'd like to thank everyone for listening. And we will see you next week. Our next week's topic probably be maybe RAM. All right, this is it. Professor J. Ross signing off. This has been a production of Little Cha Cha Productions. Music by Jakarm. Art by Sarah. <laughs>